You are now listening to the Beat Bodega, a music podcast. Music and talk for all you bitches. Enjoy. What's up? Howdy. How's it going? Good, brother. So <laughs> I, this is I'm I'm kind of tricking you into an episode today. So this is this is the bonus episode. We're actually putting out two episodes this week. This will actually also be like the inaugural bonus bodega episode. So this is like I eventually want to do these once or twice a month and then uh, where we it's not totally focused on songs that we enjoy songs that we pick it's just a topic and we talk about still still surrounding so our awesome rock and roll hall of fame doesn't it's not the first one it's not official the first it's not official i i get i guess like if uh you know years from now when historians study the b bodega podcast that'll go down as the real inaugural bonus bodega but but yeah, so I I told you a little bit before we started. I wanted to go dark. We're gonna go. We're gonna go in the underbelly of the of the music industry, or not really the music industry. A lot of dark shit that happened, uh, you know, mysterious deaths, conspiracy theories, and and just fucking mysteries. So cool. now, do you want to start off with mysterious deaths, some of the crazier things that have happened? or kind of the loaned conspiracy that I have. It's not my own personal conspiracy, it's a conspiracy that exists. I wanna, I wanna, um, I wanna go deaths. Deaths, all right. Yes, edify me, my brother. <laughs> all right, <laughs> so, so <clears throat> I selected four artists that, that have passed away mysteriously, uh, or there's some little mystery behind their death. So <clears throat> the four artists are Sam Cooke, Bobby Fuller, Brian Jones and Paul Williams. <clears throat> so, what's up? You ready? Yeah, I think the only one I'm familiar with there is Sam Cooke. Well, uh, that, that's the the I robbed somebody. Um, somebody accused me of rob. I did a shit ton of cocaine. <laughs> God knows what happened. Well, yeah, that that you know that's exactly <laughs> that's exactly the point. God knows what happened. So <clears throat> there was I I didn't re- I. Uh, I had always thought his death was that basic, you know, but there was, uh, as I was reading some information, I, I came across this, this little bit of, uh, of, uh, mystery in his death that I was like, okay, this is, this is kind of interesting. So, um, we're going to, we're going to dive in. All right. All so right. we'll start off with so, Sam Cook. So he had, he had a concert that night. <laughs> well, well, then I'll, I'll I'll tell you what happened. Let's all do right. this. So, all right, I, I'm kind of somewhat familiar with this. Like, I, I, it's cool. You started off with the one I know because I don't even know who Paul Williams is. <laughs> well, that's okay because I really don't know that much about him either. But um, Bobby, unless it's that little midget from from Phantom of the of the of the theater. No, not the composer. Okay, all different, right. different, different Williams. So Sam Cooke, you know, soul Was singer. That appropriate. I'm so sorry. I keep interrupting you. I, I little person that was fucked up. I Eric. think he was just short, Eric. I don't he, think he was a midget. I, he, uh, yeah, uh, he was teetering. He's awesome, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, you know, but okay, different Paul Williams. We'll get to him soon. All right, so soul singer, you know, probably one of the most recognized soul singers in American history. Um, so you know, if people don't know who he is, uh, Everybody knows that song change is going to come. 
you know, and, you know, he has a slew of hits. Uh, but his, he was shot to death in, in, uh, in an alley, you know, by a motel. Allegedly, the hotel manager said it was self-defense. Right? That, that's, that's the alleged point. And then a great, then there was a, a bunch of different theories that came out after the fact. Because, uh, you know, they said he was murdered and they said he was uh, multiple gunshot wounds. The, what makes this a mystery is that Etta James, who saw his body, says that there was no gunshot wounds and it looked like he was beat to death. That like that that's that was the biggest part of the of the of the mystery surrounding his death, and the fact wasn't that he naked too? He was naked too. Yeah, yeah, and so, but the the autopsy or and the investigation weren't really taken seriously, so it kind of lingered there. Nobody really knew, and then kind of Etta James's claims were kind of dismissed. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but now now remember, like you also could imagine, and and one. Small town. Small town. She's probably in hysterics. You know, somebody that she knows passed away. And, you know, she's not a doctor. She's not a crime scene investigator. <laughs> Hold up, bro. Are you serious right now? I can tell the difference between someone who's beat to death and gunshot wounds. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, but th this is this is a phenomenon that always happens with, with incidents like that is that your brain distorts what you see. So I'm I'm playing devil's advocate. All right. You know, so I mean, yeah, there was a lot of shady shit in his death. I mean, and it wasn't like he wasn't recognized. But yeah, you know, the drugs, all the crazy shit, theft, and you know, it, it was there was people don't realize the amount of drug use that even existed in the fifties and not not the hippie sixties, but during that period between heroin, cocaine, I mean you know yeah it, it wasn't it was legal it was you know it was still fun yeah it was. <laughs> people weren't out of control with it <laughs> yeah people weren't out of control with it so that that's probably one of the more more memorable ones um but yeah to this day it was they they reviewed some evidence and and they kind of let it go and, and never forget about it all right so the next one is bobby fuller who actually was the singer for the I Fought the Law. So now he was- The original version? The, origi the, the original version. Oh, I didn't know that, man. Yeah. Awesome. So, so he was found dead in his car only a few months after the song became a hit. His body had apparently been doused with gasoline and several people indicated that the presence of bruises on his body initially considered a suicide. Fuller's okay. death was eventually ruled accidental and but the theories, the, the theories that came out of that were it was a mob hit, or the possibility of it was part of a Manson family killing. So okay. now now the interesting thing is, when they found his body, he was he was deep into rigor mortis. So, but the 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 investigation on the scene, the time didn't match what his body was telling the, you know, or what the autopsy was saying in, in, about his body. So it looks like he was murdered somewhere else and then placed there. Now, accidental, so, when you're doused in gasoline. And yeah. Like, like, was it the fumes? Was it? Yeah, it was probably the <laughs> But 
Oh my God, we're laughing about somebody's death. This is horrible. No. I guess there's like a, like, you know, it was 1966, so. Yeah, but they, think about it this way. And I only know that because I'm looking it up as you bring no, it no, up. That's so fine. I just know who they are and what they did. That's, that's, that's <laughs> so, the, so one, we all know based on history that police work was a little shady back then. And they didn't have the technology that we do now. And, and again, like, you know, you see it in every movie or you hear it in documentaries, how people were paid off or, you know, they just dismissed a lot of the shit or they just didn't have the brain capacity, not the brain capacity. They didn't have the thought process of what a crime scene investigator does now, you know? So I thought that was an interesting one. Now the, the Manson one is a little bit far-fetched because <laughs> they, they, it was just a, a theory that came out because it happened to be earlier, early in the times of, of, of Charles Manson, but uh, there's, I haven't found an explanation on why they think it's a mob hit, but also oh, he was uh, involved there. The, it was, they, he was a, like a, a mafia related woman, I guess that what they're saying that he was involved with someone. And I guess maybe it was, he was fucking around with the wrong girl. And musicians do fuck a lot. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. Yeah. Damn, so, man. You just write a fucking badass song and then you're dead. Yeah. I mean, that it, sucks. Yeah. Well, the, the next one is, is interesting, too. So this is Brian Jones. Oh, my God. Oh, sorry. Just oh, no, go ahead, go ahead. I'm reading this here. And Eric Green, a relative of Sam Cooke, has cited similarities in the deaths of Cooke and Fuller. Maybe it's the same guy, bro. He's a, 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 an artist, <laughs> serial killer. Did we just did So we just they're discover? saying that Fuller bandmate Jamry suspected that Charles Manson, it was his bandmate that accused Manson, played a role, but he was in, in jail yeah. at that time. So, A, hopefully all four of these guys are connected. But That's now, fucking awesome. Now, remember, although Charles Manson was in jail. Yeah, he had minions. Yeah. And, I mean, nobody, they, they never, they suspected of Manson of killing one person, but they they, they don't have him killing anybody. Anybody, right. They yeah. don't, yeah. yeah. He didn't kill anybody. I'm telling you, man, it pays to be a cult leader. Like, I'm trying to figure it out. I just need to, I want to do it in a good way. Though. Okay. You know, like, I know how sometimes they end up, well, all the time they end up being corrupt mm -hmm. but i think i could start a good cult like a positive and the, cult and, it, and you're and i i could i could state here that i think eric's uncorruptible kind of like batman <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah take him up on his cult hey man we'll you build know. something beautiful together yeah, isn't that man. how it always starts yeah you have you have you have fucking snacks you're good to go oh man twizzlers <laughs> so if you're a fan of Twizzlers, come join me. Come join Eric. But um, but yeah. So it, you know, you said you would only know Sam Cooke. You know Brian Jones as well. Brian the Rolling Mitch Stones. Rolling Stones. Yeah, right. that was the guy that they found in the cottage, right? Yeah. So right. this is his little tidbit here. So the eccentric genius behind some of the most daring sounds in the early Rolling Stones era, including the marimba playing on "Under My Thumb." Uh, Jones's death was ruled accidental drowning in his pool and labeled death by misadventure. <laughs> I, I like that. So death by you know, misadventure. He had too much fun and he fucked can, up. Can I guess like what, what, what this would be? Like maybe he jumped from very high, hit his head in the bottom, knocked himself out. Kind of like almost famous. Like, like yeah, yeah right. I'm, I'm a golden god and jumped off. <laughs> no. So th this one, this one has a little bit of mystery to it too. So now, Death by Misadventure, by, by, the cor by the coroner's accord, 
It was, you know, his body was full of alcohol and drug abuse. No shit. He's a fucking member of the Rolling Stones. And, uh, but UK investigative journalist, Scott Jones, pinned Jones' death on a builder named Frank Thorogood, which is the last person to have seen the musician. The case in 2009 based, uh, I'm sorry, the case in a 2009 based evidence, but then it was decided that none of the information was enough to overrule the initial decision. Now, so this is, hold on, because I had actually pulled this up before I called you. Um, so, I mean, it, it's- A fight over money. Uh, right, that's what they say. But apparently there was a little bit more the night before. And let me, I think I got it. Uh, so it says that, it, that, that there was, you know, First thing they said was everybody on the party was fucked up. So this was a party the night before. Um, now, police reports say that there were just three people present the night of Jones's death. So the last person who saw the scene was the builder, but there was three people there the night before, which was his girlfriend, Anna Wallen. Uh, Keylock is the is person that got interviewed by, by, this, by this journalist. Uh, his girlfriend was there. And then the builder, Frank Thurgood, who's he's the been builder. the builder. <laughs> who, I prefer the builder. Yeah, who he was, he was uh, accused of the murder. But apparently what, what, uh, what part of the investigation was, was everybody was so fucked up that it possibly could have been any of them. Right. You know, that, that, that could have murdered him. And then, or he know, fell in the pool. Or he just got fucked up and drowned. Yeah. And nobody man, noticed. Carlos, please, if I ever get that fucked up, man, please call the police or something, man. At least check <laughs> on me before you leave the house. I will. I will. Fuck. I promise. Yeah, this is like that Stuart Club. They gave him some shit. Or or Bob in a, what's SLC Punk? Yeah, Bob in a... <laughs> They gave him some fucking pill. He shouldn't have taken it. Bam, you're dead. Yeah. And, God and, damn it. And remember, I mean, think about the haze that those people lived in. Oh yeah. It was, there were, what is it? Occam's razor, bro. Yeah, bro. It's why the he, he he fucking got, he was so high he fell in the pool like uh Dolores O'Riordan, dude. Yeah. And she drowned because she, she couldn't fucking wake herself up. Misadventure. Misadventure. What a fucking term for that, dude. It, Death by misadventure. It'll get you every time. So all right. So Paul Williams. So Paul Williams. I'll go over his death. <clears throat> So, soulful singer uh, in the alleyways with a gun. This is how he was killed shortly after an argument with his girlfriend. Fucking women, bro. <laughs> and <laughs> and had, I, I say that in jest. It's just a sentence that Eric and I use a lot. And had reportedly spoken of suicide to his friends in recent months. Now, the only person in the alley was with him was his girlfriend. It was ruled a suicide because he had talked about it months before. But even after the coroner stated this, the coroner's report states that Williams used his right hand to shoot himself on the left side of the head. So he went, <laughs> he went like that. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, how, uh, how uh, Kurt Cobain pulled the trigger with his toe or whatever, but 
We're not, I'm not going to say anything. Gilbert's not oh, here to defend. Oh, is that the theory too? That it was his well because of the no no because the shotgun was long. So I that's mean, that's why the yeah. But well, well, that's not the that's not what we're reporting. Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> it's easier just to shoot yourself on the right side, right, or yeah. in the mouth, yeah, or straight up, you know, because yeah, you want to make sure you hit the brain, right? But to go across your head, that doesn't yeah, make any sense. It, yeah, it's <laughs> so so now, and this is in the coroner's report. You know, it's like that that doesn't make sense. So now there's a few things that play in my mind. You know, young black male back then, police didn't give a shit. But unfortunately, that's the reality of the way the world was. Or did his chick bust the capital? You know, regardless they of protected the, her. And and or or was it go, a white woman? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Let, let's let's not go there. Let's not go there. <laughs> But yeah, so so those were the mysterious deaths. Like I said, I it, it some of them are very easy to say. Well, you know, he was fucked up. You know, he probably drowned. Like especially with with uh, with Brian Jones. Yeah. I, I I people the Sam Cook one is the the shadiest one there, man. There's that, just a lot of like variables that right add up in that. Right. You know, and then you know the Paul Williams. The Paul Williams. The Ali, hey, let's just say the Paul Williams. It was a white woman. His <laughs> girlfriend was a white woman. I let it go. Totally. <laughs> But that, that, you know what? And I should I should have researched that. But all right. So those were the four mysterious deaths. Now, so you have the choice now of just going for just strange stories, and I'll let you know at the end of the story if it was true or false. Oh, cool. Do, or, I, I, do I guess? I can let you. Is yeah, this you, a quiz for me? All right, cool. Okay. Or or we could go with the lone conspiracy. Carlos, just is does Paul Williams have a full name? Because I don't. I, I all I found was a British singer, and the dude from Phantom of the Paradise. Is mm. it Paul? It's like P A U P A U P A U P A U L Williams. Yeah, look for a guy that's saying somebody man. Somebody man. No, not not him. Not him. I'm sorry, wrong guy. That's uh, the one I found. The British you know, one, right? The Paul Williams. He's an American baritone. American baritone. Need to learn about this stuff, man. Good looking dude, bro. What year was it? So 1973, man. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, bro, that's crazy, dude. Yeah. I, I just I pulled that one out just because because of Sam that. Cook was a looker. Sam Cook, man, he had style. Some of my favorite songs <laughs> of all time. Oh shit. All right, oh, so my God. so you want to do Oh, he thing? was married. Yeah. And had five children. So ooh. So it must have been a white woman. Is that what so you're he had his own. Go, nah, I'm kidding about that. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, I mean, those times, you know, it kind. Of, you remember that story of the hurricane? Like, uh, that's a depressing just, story, man. <laughs> yeah, all that shit that they do, and it's like, oh, just, can a brother just have a life? Yeah, man. <laughs> but all right, so you want to do the true and false one? Let's do it. All right, so Deborah Harry and Ted Bundy. So this was a famous story that she claims that she was that she was pursued by Ted Bundy. Uh, this was when she was younger. So now it reads that early in the 70s, uh, late night in New York City in the Lower East Side, uh, soon to be Blondie or Blondie singer Deborah Harry was on her way to a party. And uh, she claims a small car, you know, which we all know that Ted Bundy drove a VW bug, um, was kind of following her around. And, you know, they kept on lowering the window, trying to, you know, get her to come into the car. And she did it. And, uh, you know, she had, she 
was able to wiggle her. The guy actually got it, had a chance to grab her. Mm-hmm. And so she wiggled her way out of it and took off. So she made it, got into a cab. That was the end of the story. Then, so she claims that later on that once, cause it was right around when Ted Bundy was, you know, doing his thing that she, she thought to herself, Oh my God, I got away from Ted Bundy. Right. So, and she firmly believes this story. So it, it's, she mentioned it in, um, I believe in a, in a separate interview, she had talked about the story, you know, it, it really affected her. Cause obviously, I mean, shit, she almost got kidnapped and, and God knows what would have happened. So now does she believe this story or did it really happen? I think she believes the story. That wasn't really his MO. Like he would lure the women by playing a victim that he was hurt. Right. Yeah, he would. Car, so he would lure them in. He wouldn't really pursue. Right. He had this thing where he'd wear a sling and pretend yeah. that. Yeah. So you're right. So Harry thought to have first recounted, or, you know, she thought about her horror story and then, but uh, Bundy was not in New York at the time. So that's kind of got discredited. Hey, man, but, there's a lot of sick books out there. I would have thought the same thing. Too. Oh, especially. It's I not, mean, I'm not taking any way from, you know, you think, oh, my God, that could have been me. How many times do we do that? Like, yeah. oh, if I would have just left my house that day, that could have been me type shit. Yeah. So, I mean, it's. Wow. It, it, that's you know, crazy. Too. I mean, think think about it, you know, during the summer of Sam, uh, you know, when the son of Sam was killing people, everybody was terrified. You know, it, it, it's, you know, do you hear a serial killers on the loose? Like, I mean, I guess the most, the most recent serial killer would be when the DC sniper. True. Right. So um, I you don't remember know, how remember, terrified everybody was. Do, do you remember here on 8th street, the guy that would um, go after prostitutes, yeah, don't, and don't he, you, he actually lived by neighbor. He would stock the area by Gilbert's old house. So do you remember they, was, they found the body in the dumpster yeah. behind Gilbert's house? Yeah. From the trailers. Yeah. Don't you talk to him. He's from the trailers. <laughs> But yeah, that was like a scary time here when that was going on. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And, well, luckily Gilbert had stopped prostituting by then. If not, yeah. <laughs> the corner money was in his credit, right? <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, yeah, and that's how Gilbert started DJing. That's holy shit. But yeah. no, that I gotta, I gotta turn my life around. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that, that too, and he matured. He wasn't as cute as he was before. No, no, he had that beautiful yeah. long hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Gilbert. We're just joking. But uh, but yeah, That's but I, but but yeah, I, I, you know, I remember that one, but I, I, you know, remember how televised the DC sniper one was, right? Because it was so random, like they they just picked people off, you know, it, it out of the blue, and then, so you know, at that time, I guess everything was so heightened. All oh, this guy's killing young women, and remember, he targeted a lot of college girls more than anything, so. But you know, I'm sure Deborah Harry had a horrible scare, and and they, but. they did a, a. I don't know if you had a chance to see. They did a special on him on Netflix. I saw it. it right? How crazy was like the fan love yeah. that he got? Like people, you know, and him and and also was it Edgar Ramirez too? Yeah, that uh, you with see like fucked up teeth and everything. Yeah, that <laughs> that women were like after him. Like, hey, it's known that this guy killed people, and women were still sending letters and nudes and all kinds of pics and it was like what but what's dude, remember, wrong with people man ted bundy got married to one of his fanatics right you know and 
And, and, and a lot of people like, dude, how he escaped one of the times because they they like this guy's so nice. There's no way he could be the guy. Yeah. Well, that, that that was part of his mystique was how charming oh, he was. Man. But all right, so beauty see. gets you far, dude. Yeah, dude. Beauty gets you far. All right, so this is. I don't know if this is on the paranormal side or it's just creepy coincidence, but Keith Moon and Mama Cass died in the same house, which was which happened to be owned by Harry uh, Harry Nilsson. So the story, Harry Nilsson, he made his, you know, he made a few hits on his own. Um, but, you know, he, he always felt that the, the flat that he lived in was haunted. He, he didn't trust it. He didn't like it. Um, now, so this flat was in Mayfair, London in the 70s. Uh, and, you know, both of his friends used it, which was Mama Cass, obviously, from the Mamas and the Papas. And, you know, little guy known uh, by the name of Keith Moon. So now they both happen to pass away in that home, separate times, not the same day. Now, it's funny because they tell you this deep thing about how they both died in the house. The guy was scared. They didn't want to sell it to him. Which I think Pete Townsend ended up buying the house eventually after. But you had these two celebrities that died at a totally different time. The guy that originally owned the house thought it was haunted or it had a lot of bad juju, whatever. But the real question is, <laughs> did Mama Cass die by eating a ham sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I always wondered that, man. Is yeah. that true? I, I, so, I'm going to go. And wasn't Keith Moon at the opposite end of the digestion process yeah but he died yeah but this was the, the mystery is did a ham sandwich is, okay <laughs> so the answer that's is, fucked up i'm ready dude the answer <laughs> is true no shit dude true. although the urban legend of mama Cass died after eating a ham sandwich is false incorrect information was given in the press before the autopsy was reported as fact and even the new york times but it, it she happened to, she didn't die because of the ham sandwich so it wasn't choking no uh, so it, it wasn't like it's Liz true Lemon's worth yeah. here. <laughs> right. oh man so this one it's it's funny i so every day on our instagram i post uh like moments in music history you know so if anybody paid attention uh this whole month i feature you know uh, something tied into black history as as the the this time or this moment in music and then then i put a normal one or you know a, a one that i thought was interesting so the red ink in in kiss's first comic book is infused with the blood of the bandmates i mean true <laughs> well, true right. that has to be true because that sounds fucking awesome <laughs> yeah it in fact is true nice so the first issue of Marvel's Kiss comics, the red ink is actually their blood. Nice. So I'll, I'll read you actually what it, what it says here. It says the story, uh, American hard rock band Kiss never, had never been shied of, uh, had never shied from a good publicity stunt, nor anything macabre. So, uh, you know, they've done everything from coffins to whatever, what have you, whatever. So in 1977, Kiss flew to Marvel's printing press in upstate New York and added vials of their blood to a vat of red ink. 
which was then used for the comic. The process from the drawn uh, from the drawn blood was done by a registered nurse. It was the registered nurse to the band, and uh, you know they tipped the vials into the barrels, and it was officially witnessed and notarized. I don't think it's as metal as it, as it sounds. It's fucking it, gross. It, <laughs> it was probably just like a little bit. It was probably like a little vial. You know, like if you want to do it right, you 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 draw like at least a pint <laughs> each. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it's still fucked I up. I like that. I think yeah. that's kind of cool, man. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't. I don't think it's gross because I mean it's gonna be so diluted that whatever, man. Yeah. Well, because yeah, it was tied in with the with the red ink anyway. Yeah. But I, I mean, I, I wonder. I wonder. Man, let's see how much that's worth. That that's what I was. That was what I'm about to get at. Like it's, I can't, there has to be a, uh, did you find out? Um, their kiss comic with their blood. It's the first issue. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not giving me the, oh, here we go. 400, $441. Anyway, shit. Uh, <laughs> Canadian. I think that's Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right. So here's here's uh, here's another one. So, um, I just recently oh, so you could seven hundred forty nine dollars. There's a, a mint edition. This was nineteen seventy seven, man. So I they're guess not that's that old. pretty. They're not you that know old. what? But this predates like that whole hell thing, right? Like the like six six six, the number of the beast. You know when the yeah, fascination like, with Satan? They yeah. kind of predate that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, who says that giving blood has to be a satanic well, thing? Well, you know? but they, they already did macabre shit before, like, yeah. in the 70s. You know, like, I think I think maybe, like, when Alice Cooper came along, he got a little bit darker, and then Ozzy, wow. and then, so. But, <laughs> but um, so I had I had started reading, I, I just bought this book um, called, uh, I mean, if anybody listens to Rogan's podcast or whatever, I'm sure they heard of it. Uh, and it was, it's been impossible to fucking find, and I finally found it. Uh, so it's Chaos, Charles Manson, the CIA, and the Secret History of the 60s. So it, 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 it almost discredits the whole helter-skelter theory. Mm -hmm. On So I don't know if you've ever heard about the conspiracies about Laurel Canyon. Where So that's, the you know, the Jim John Mor Holmes and all Jim that. Mor yeah, Jim Morrison, all these singers. Hippies. From, from, all these hippies where all their parents happen to be military personnel. Oh, like this is like those those acid tests, right? The MK Ultra. Yes. Yeah. So the mind We're going to go there? Well, very briefly. Very Damn. Briefly. Okay, Eddie Bravo. <laughs> Holy shit. Well, no, it's like dude, I've been you don't you don't know how long I've been looking for this fucking book, but it, it's what we're going to talk about is not the whole MK Ultra thing. Okay. Uh, but but it is interesting. It is, it is interesting how all these singers back then, you know, their parents happen to be working for the CIA or for the military. And, uh, you know, MK Ultra is tied into a lot of these people. So that's interesting. But we're going to focus on the what if. So... Everybody, know, Dennis Wilson and Charles Manson had a, had a really had a friendship. You know, Dennis Wilson from the Beach Boys, mm -hmm. um, and you know, originally had started as a small friendship, and then he invited him to stay at his house, and then Charles Manson brought like twenty fucking girls to his house, and he ended up overstaying his welcome. Uh, 
Dennis Wilson mentions that, you know, he spent upward to $100,000 in just feeding these people. So now Dennis Wilson was, you know, was really his friend. And the rest of the Beach Boys were like, you know. Wait, Dennis away. Wilson or Brian Wilson? Did his I, name is Dennis Wilson? Uh, did I say? Is it Brian Wilson or Dennis? I think it was Dennis right. Wilson. The one that was okay. His friend. Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah, it was Dennis Wilson. It wasn't okay. like that. Yeah. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> so this was the summer of 1968. They were living together. Obviously, I mean, he got sucked into all the fucking massive orgies and, and fucking, you know, constant LSD. And so that, that's, that's how a lot of their days were spent. It's fucked. Like his brother is more fucked up than him. Yeah. I thought Brian Wilson was fucked up. No, man. Holy shit, dude. So, I mean, but again, it wasn't that dark. Like, right. We didn't know what the Manson family was when he was partying with them. No, no. I'm not trying to say that with, you know what I mean, but no, but it, it, it's not, it's not that it was dark, but it was it, it wasn't a great path either. Like you know, like because he, you know, they did notice that he was weird and a little bit off the cuff, and then the rest of the Beach Boys were like, we don't fucking like this guy. But Dennis Wilson <laughs> stuck by him, and then you know they eventually when when Charles Manson left, the relationship kind of you know like most relationships or friendships they kind of dwindle away, but you know he. Dennis Wilson actually loved Charles Manson's music. You know, Charles Manson just wanted to be famous. He he wanted to record music. He wanted to be a musician. And, you know, actually, I believe he actually got him to record a few songs uh, for, um, what was the record label? Um, I can't, I can't think about it right now, but he had a, he, or no, I, I forgot it. So he, um, he actually got to record some music and apparently the music wasn't that bad, but it never, you know, never played out to be anything. And uh, now, so this is the thing is you have, imagine if the recordings had actually become something, there would have never been a Charles Manson. You know, it's, if he would (laughs) have, I saw this movie. Yeah. What was yeah. it? Once upon a time. Once upon a time. In Hollywood. Well, it, uh, he, he didn't become a musician there either. But, oh shit! But it, it, it's you know, and if you like, look at the period that all this shit takes. Dude, it's at that time everybody was just looking for something, and they would get caught up in some shit, dude. dude it was it was children of the rainbow, like yeah. oh my god, yeah. dude. Colds, drugs. I mean, shit. Because ah, man. And then the the crazy thing is. MK Ultra, remember it wasn't it wasn't a conspiracy. It was found out to be true that those those experiments with LSD really did happen. You know, because they were trying to study mind control. So and then, you know, the coincidence of, of Laurel Canyon and all these, you know, all these kids that were hippies and their parents, what they were involved in. But it, it was it was after reading this, you know, because like I said, I'm I, I just started reading the book and it's nowhere near that part yet. But, you know, listening to other podcasts and, and knowing some of the man's in history is if, if, if for even if it was just one album that was recorded, that none of this shit would have happened. Now, because it clearly shows you, okay, you know, I guess everybody comes into a fork in the road and then you have that one moment that totally. Yeah. <laughs> but, 
I mean, now, I, I, I guess he became famous. I mean, or, you know, or infamous. But, you know, it, it's, there's, what I did find in a, in a lot of these little stories and other ones that I didn't use was how volatile that, that decade or like even the, even just the two years leading up to 69, how crazy that was. You know, mm -hmm. you had guys fighting in Vietnam, hippies that didn't want to get involved, you know, uh, you know, it was, who was the president before Nixon? Um, Ford. Ford, was it Ford or Ford was after? Was it? I can't remember, but whatever, you know, you had all these, all these young guys fighting in, in a war that when they came back, they ended up becoming hippies themselves because nobody gave a shit about them. Yeah. And, and, you know, probably, you know, one of the coolest stories uh, when my dad was alive that he mentioned was when he came back, uh, he went to Central Park, you know, he figured, let me go. Like he said, like he would say, smoke a little grass and, and, uh, and you know, a little free base here and there. And then he said, you, uh, you're sitting in a circle with Jimi Hendrix, Joan Baez and all these people. And then they, it was, it was really that open, you know, and you know, everybody be fucking everybody, you know, they didn't give a shit, you know? And I mean, you have Johnson, it was Johnson. Yeah. So Johnson. Ford was right after. Yeah. No. And it's true. It was such a love and open environment, right? It, it started off like that. And then, I, was and then it, it drugs? Yeah. Was it drugs that got there? Like even at the time, like during that time too, you had the 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 um, the Hell's Angels, you know, who were gaining popularity. They weren't as like these one. They were one percenters, but I don't think it was that vile club that you see now. No, no. You know, they were doing security and stuff like that. Oh, but oh, so it, it was just such a switch from peace and love to, to chaos, just darkness, bro. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm. Take, take take the drugs aside, and, and and this was this during the MK Ultra time too, or yeah, that was does that fit in that? So do you think it was like a kind of? <laughs> I mean, we're gonna just go crazy, here. yeah. Like the you know, um, so much for the music podcast. Anyway, it's still time to it, music. You know, like government getting involved. Like, wait a minute, the the plebs are rising. We gotta destroy this structure, man, because they're well, they're that, building something beautiful. Well, no, well, the, the idea was mind control. It was it had that's, really that's, nothing. No, no, but I'm saying just flooding everything, not outside of MK Ultra. Just okay. how you know, kind of drugs. Just kind of, I don't know if it, it, it's related to drugs or or greed or just people growing older and realizing that they couldn't keep this party going because it changed so much. Like there was a there was like a it was almost like a renaissance, right? A modern day renaissance where you know, like progress and love were put at the forefront, but then it just got ugly, dude. It, yeah. it got really dark, man. Yeah. So this is um, going back to tying in both in music, MK Ultra and LSD. Now, I'm not, I, I can't, I'm not going to totally blame LSD. I mean, we, we had our fun, we had our fun moments back in the day, but um it says this is from this is a crazy name for a website, but it's called pleasekillme.com. Uh, so it says, did you know that LSD and hippies were invented by the CIA in the 1960s? Well, the idea was to hook kids on sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and it worked. So they would not overthrow the military-industrial complex. Accomplices in this diabolical scheme were in England: the Beatles, 
and in America, Jim Morrison, Frank Zappa, and other residents of Laurel Canyon in LA. Joseph Flatley uh, dove down this conspiracy rabbit hole to find out how this happened. And then this is a quote from Frank Zappa that says, uh, this is in this uh, in Plastic People. He says, there's this guy from the CIA and he's creeping around Laurel Canyon. So, you, you know, there, there was always, it, it, was, it was too coincidental that you had all these military people that were living there. Like the how how I mean the hippie movement started. But, uh, here's the thing too. It, it's it's also you had the most talented minds, right? Right. So these people are giving birth to creative kids too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it was it was an environment like it's 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 a lot with with that level of 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 education too. There's a lot of experimentation, right? You know, outside of government testing or whatever. Um, these kids are. Are, are growing up in these environments that I'm sure it's a very laissez faire like parenting style and they're probably trying the most uh, um, contemporary approach to parenting that let these kids have freedom. Mm -hmm. And they're already blessed with a high intellect. So yeah. I could see, you know, kind of, it might not even have any ties to MK Ultra. It's just, yeah. it's just it, it was a breeding ground for creativity. Right, right. And realistically, who knows if they weren't even part of the program at all, just drugs happened. LSD made its way outside of outside of the facility into into because that's what happened. And Timothy Leary, baby, yeah, and question and, everything. And look, like look, you can't you can't discredit that there's a lot of people that find artistry in drugs. You know that that it triggers a creative side of their brain, and then you know, I mean. Look, we, we went through it when we were younger. We had a lot of good times. We partied. We listened to a lot of great music. Look at look at what that art meant to us when we were younger. And we we had those free moments. You know, we were, I mean, we'll be realistic. We had great parents, but, you know, we were all Lashky kids pretty much. How did this become about us? Uh, <laughs> what, what just happened now? No, no. What, no. What, what, what's no, going no, on? No, no. <laughs> no, no. No, no. I'm just saying that, like, you know, it, you're right. There are a bunch of kids. Happen to be a bunch of talented kids. You know, they they happen to grow up in the same area. And like you, right, that was like the cultural center, man. San yeah. Francisco, it was, dude. Right. It was yeah. just. And, and and what happens? You know, you get a kid that starts playing music in one block, and you're like, oh shit, I want to get into that. You get into that, and all of a sudden, you know, they, what were they gonna do back then? You had a bunch of rich parents that didn't want their kids to go to war, so they were protected. You know, and and what do most kids from? I'm assuming, you know, these strict environments by military parents or CIA parents, you rebel. You know, and but who knows? Nobody knows. It was just. It's always been an interesting coincidence. Uh, you know, the story of Laurel Canyon, the musicians that lived there, how it tied into, to uh, Charles Manson, how it went from, you know, the possibility that this guy could have recorded an album and we would have never had. The Manson family. You know, I just thought it was, it, it's always been, I had never been so interested in that topic until it escalated like that, you know, as more information came out. And then, you know, you have all these stories about how he was possibly, you know, one of the MK Ultra experiments and, you know, took his, his, what he learned from mind control to develop, you know, his, his cult, you know, but. You know, it was, I just thought it was a, a fun little topic to talk about, you know, while we uh, 
do our inaugural uh, bonus bodega short uh, episode. And uh, <laughs> we could, this, this, just know that these topics will be outside of the bodega. They will be called the corner shop. <laughs> <laughs> or what is it when you see the guys in New York outside the bodega that they hang out? Or the stoop. The, the stoop. stoop scoop or the, something. The, the, we got to make up some stupid name. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. bonus bodega works. But I was just thinking like when you see those, those like all that, like the B-roll, like of those New York yeah. neighborhoods and yeah. there's somebody sitting on a milk crate and they're all just hanging out Ooh. talking shit, man. <laughs> so yeah, this is what we're doing. Is there a this name is, for that? This is like the, like there's like all the old Cuban guys that hang out in like the Carreta coffee shop. Right. Oh yeah. This, this, is, this is what we're getting into. So yeah. so please, if you turn to the Pupodega, just know that we might go a little off topic on these bonus episodes. Yeah, but but that, that's that, holy shit. We were just talking about <laughs> about, about MK Ultra. Woo! It's, but it's still music history, man. Oh it's, man. It's still music. So that that was. That's what I wanted to do with these were like, you know, because we have we have our regular thing that, you know, we pull out music and we talk about it. And then, you know, this was it was just fun to just throw out a topic and just fucking go see where it goes, you know. And uh, but I, I this was such an interesting topic just because, you know, and the hopefully eventually it'll come out the our uh, hair metal episode uh, because it talks about, I know we talked a lot about the wild side of, of what the eighties rock scene was like and all the crazy shit that these guys did. It was, it, you know, it, but it was different, right? Cause there was like a, a fascination too with the occult. Like it was, it was right. heavier and I don't want to just say the occult, but just Eastern religions and, and, and things like that. Everybody was exploring everything outside of, of like Catholicism or Christianity and stuff like that. So people were just going off the rails, man. Gurus were becoming popular. You know, well, I mean, but you, you can go further back. I mean, look at the fucking Beatles. Right. Well, I, I think it falls in that area. I, I cause that yeah. was around the time that they started the, what was it? The Maharashi or what yeah. was that his name? Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, they started doing LSD and experiment, but it, it's, you know, but it, it all, I mean, I think a lot of times it's overthought. The reality is they're fucking young people with a shit ton of money and a lot of freedom. What do you think is going to happen? You know, like that, it's, that, that's what happens. You have a great time, you know, it's, and, and, you know, at that age, you know, you're finding out who you are and your spirituality and, and who, you, you know, what you, you, you know. Not only that, there's there's always going to be people out there that will take advantage and corrupt it and yeah. use it to their benefit, which it, we saw a lot of that happen. And, yeah. and kind of where those dark areas kind of uh, grew. Yeah. yeah. And, and with that being said, remember to follow Eric's cult. You can find, <laughs> what, no what? man, but it, it's gonna be a good one. I think I I I I could be the the change. You could be the change. You know, uh, I'll I'll be the the anomaly. The anomaly, <laughs> the chosen one. Oh shit! All right, Eric, you got anything to add before we wrap up this little short? Well, yeah, this is our last show. Well, this is gonna come out before our last show, so this will be our last Black History um fact for 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 this year. You know what? It doesn't have to be. You know, next 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 month is Women's Month, so Women's month, yeah. you know we'll we'll keep this going. And today I want uh I want to talk about Phyllis Whitley. 
um, who was only 12 years old when she became the first female American author. Um, uh, people know very little about her life. She was taken from her home in Africa when she was about seven or eight and sold to the Wheatley family in Boston. Um, the family, her, her family there taught her how to read and write and encouraged her to write poetry as soon as they saw that she had a real talent for it. In 1773, she published her first poem, making her the first African-American to be published. Well, 12 years old, 12 years old. How crazy is that, right? What do we do at 12? <laughs> I, was I was hanging out with you. Holy <laughs> shit. Damn, really? Remember, I came down so that Yeah, that's summer, right. You're right. That summer. That's yeah. true. Like her work was praised by high ranking members of society, including perhaps most notably George Washington. Her writing made her famous throughout the colonies. Not long after her poems were published, the family that owned Wheatley emancipated her. Unfortunately, her life took a turn from there, especially after the deaths of many of the Wheatleys who had helped support her. She was stricken with poverty and the fame she earned from, from writing did little to sustain her husband and children. She fell ill and died at the age of 31, just like Minnie Fullerton. That we talked about it, talk about it in the well, next show, but um, yeah, man, twelve years old, dude, and and at that time, you know, when when people were kept uneducated and yeah, it's crazy, dude. Yeah, and, and, and imagine how many people didn't even know how to fucking read or write. It didn't matter what color they were. Yeah, you know, and and this this little girl excelled. Well, at that age, we were just fucking dicking around, and she was actually doing something. But all right, brother, this is we're going to wrap up the, the inaugural bonus bodega. And if I said anything offensive, I'm not trying to offend here. You know, it's just it's God. I, and I know I should be more sensitive. I, I just worry about that. You know, that people will take offense to, to some of the comments I might make. And please, I do not mean them with any offense. Does that sound right? That sounds like, right. You know, I just get worried sometimes that people might take the things we talk about on this show the wrong way. And it's 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 just banter. There's no harm meant, um, you know. And 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 you know what? I promise to be more careful with those things too. All right. Well said, Eric. Thank you. All right. And then so um, this is it. Let's see what happens. Let's see if you guys like the bonus bodega. Uh, so we're actually this is. It's kind of pointless to say this, but uh, we're putting out two episodes. This is. We're going to wrap this up and it'll immediately be posted, which won't matter if I say it here because it'll be posted. And But Thursday, it'll be our regular scheduled show, uh, which is our our uh, ladies' night, uh, the badass women of the, of the music business. Um, but yeah, brother, thanks thanks for uh, taking the time to do this little this little short with me. Thanks for having me, man. By the way, the, you the know, hair, I'll always keep coming as long open. as it's open. Yeah. What? <laughs> but as long as the bodega is open. Hey, man, hey. I'm shopping. Hey, the hair looks great, brother. <laughs> it's because hey. I showered. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother, love All you. Right. Love you too, bro. Later. Thank you, everyone. We're out. <laughs>